VA, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for the Lee brothers today. And uh, such an honor. And I want to say thank you to the brothers Lee uh, again for giving me the opportunity, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man. And uh, listen, folks, since I'm on the Lee brothers and I'm not on the really real deal, I'm going to try real hard to be friendly. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm always friendly. Look, I, I have Maximus the hatchet hound with me today. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I'm always friendly. As a matter of fact, I have a bag of treats to bribe him with. <laughs> and, you know, I really don't have to bribe Maximus. Typically, when he wants a treat, he'll do a trick. Okay, my dog is not on EBT. He's a capitalist, okay? That joker is always trying to get paid, okay? So, <laughs> well, we have a what I think is going to be a really, really fantastic program uh, lined up for you all today. So you guys who are headed home from uh, earning your keep uh, during the week, last day of the work week, and you're uh, getting ready to drive home, uh, we pray that your 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 um, that there are no traffic snafus, and you guys just sit back, keep it here with the Hatchet Man, the number if you'd like to call, and if you call while you're driving, please be safe, okay? But we would love to hear from you today. 804-454-1366 is the number. Eight zero four. Four five four one three six six, and uh, we have quite a few guests that uh, Mrs. Hatchet and I have been able to uh, put together, and uh, I, and I think the guest that I'm going to be uh, most proud of, I'm going to play proud Papa here today, and uh, that's uh, now my favorite author. Okay, you all who uh, have been following the Hatchet Man for all these years, I've been on the air. You all know that I have been. Blessed by God to interview some really, really stellar uh, people over the years. Uh, we've literally done four or five hundred interviews. Uh, typically, uh, they're um, national or even international guests, uh, top of the line authors, uh, politicians, newsmakers of all stripes. And uh, but now, after all these. New York Times bestselling authors. I have a new favorite author, okay? And she's going to join us later in today's program. And it's my daughter, okay? My daughter, Fatima, has written her very first book, and uh, it is a sci-fi uh, thriller titled One Nation, okay? And that's all I'm going to say about it for right now. And uh, later in the program, uh, we're going to have Fatima. She's going to share it uh, with you all. And uh, we'll have her back again tomorrow to share again on my program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with The Hatchet Man, and uh, I don't know if you are, I don't know what rock you've been living under, but there might be. <laughs> well, sometimes there are new folks. We get called from time to time. There are new folks driving through Richmond. They're channel surfing and they're, they're just hearing about uh, the Hatchet Man and they call in. And I love calls like that, okay? I love new callers and uh, particularly uh, Facebook. Uh, you know, we have Facebook friends literally all over the country. And the uh, you know, funny thing, quite often the Facebook folks will type and see, I'm, I'm old school. I can't read and 
talk and type. I can't do those three things at the same time. Now, I can maybe read a little and talk, but type, no, I can't do that. Sorry, can't do it. You know, <laughs> country boy can't, can't. Okay, so, but um, anyway, um, we're going to have Fatima back tomorrow. And uh, so for you who are new, uh, our website is the really real deal. Uh, dot com the really real deal dot com and uh, we will post the interview uh, with my new favorite author uh, Fatima Evans and uh, so I'm really really looking forward uh, to that interview now also we're gonna have uh, with us today uh, Ron Hosko uh, he is president of the law enforcement Legal Defense Fund, okay, and they're having a program. Uh, I think the Richmond area is just their second stop. This is a nationwide thing where they're taking media members uh, on through a program of training that is very similar to what police that not similar identical to some of the training that police officers get. Okay, and so I'm uh, feel very honored to have been asked to participate in that, okay? So we're going to be doing that this week now. Uh, we can't say uh, what day this week, or next week, rather. We can't say what day or what location. We don't want to attract crazies out. We just want to go do our thing, get the experience of uh, going through uh, the simulator, the type of training that police officers have to go through. And uh, so next week, I'm looking very much forward to reporting on that. Or probably we'll write an article about it, and we'll certainly we'll, we'll talk about it on my radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, so we have him, uh, and he's going to talk about that in our 4 o'clock hour. And, uh, and of course, uh, my favorite congressman, Dave Brett, and uh, it's his birthday today. I'll see Dave uh, later this evening at his birthday party. But Dave is going to join us uh, at the bottom of our 4 o'clock hour. And uh, and then we're going to have Corey Stewart, the onion toter, uh, in the Senate race, okay? And uh, I'm telling you, Corey gets after it, man. And I am uh, very, very disappointed in a lot of these low-fat Republicans that refuse to support Corey Stewart. A lot of these same jokers uh, would not support Ken Cuccinelli uh, it's it's just it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Here we are. Corey gets to ride in on the coattails of President Trump. Okay, and so like President Trump or not like President Trump, it is undeniable. Okay, undeniable that the man is getting not just that old canard that they always say, "Oh, well, politician, I want you to get some stuff done." No. Trump is not getting stuff done. Trump is getting things done that are very, very good for the United States of America, okay? As a matter of fact, the first thing Trump did was he declared, I am president of the United States of America, not president of the world, okay? So we didn't have to worry about a repeat of Barack Hussein Obama, who, you know, when he gets elected, as a matter of fact, right before he got elected, the first thing he says is, we're going to fundamentally transform the United States of America. We are five days away yes. from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Right, right. So how would you like to be five days from getting married and hear your wife say, child, I tell you, I'm five days away from fundamentally transforming Johnny. You know, I mean, come on, give me a break, all right? <laughs> anyway, uh, and then the guy goes off to Egypt to give his first speech. I mean, you know, really, literally wants to be president of the world, okay? 
this new world order stuff. And uh, and as a matter of fact, I'm gonna sneak a little bit in here about my daughter's book, One Nation. It's about a a a very distant future world. It's sci-fi now. A very distant future world where there is a one world government. Hence the title, One Nation. Okay, and that's all I'm gonna say. So I gotta give you a little bit more of a tease there. <laughs> anyway, so. The, the, the first thing President Trump did was did a refocus on the role of the presidency, that he is to be president of the United States of America, not president of the world. And so, you know, he goes to NATO and he tells Angela Merkel, uh, hey, I know all about your deal with Putin. And now, uh, you know, with this uh, multi-billion dollar gas pipeline and you know, we, we that's going to be one of my main talking points today, all this Russia fakery. But right now, we're going to take our first break, and then we will be right back. Again, the number, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream. It's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee brothers. Well, if you ask me where I come from, here's what I tell everyone. I was born by God's dear grace In an extraordinary place With the stars and stripes And the eagle fly Welcome back to the program. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for the Lee Brothers today. And, uh, hey, we're glad you're there. And uh, you just sit back and enjoy the ride home or you folks that are, I guess nowadays folks just listen to the radio in so many ways more than just driving home, okay? But uh, anyway, we're glad you're there and I'm glad I'm here. And uh, your your brothers, Lee, they'll be right, right here uh, back with you next week. And uh, now as for me, I'll be back right here tomorrow morning, 10 to noon, okay? And uh, for you who may be new and are unfamiliar with uh, the Hatchet Man, uh, our website is The Really Real Deal. The name of uh, my radio program is The Really Real Deal with Brother Craig, The Hatchet Man. And now, and back, and, and by the way, the number, if you'd like to call, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. And uh, now what I was saying about Trump and his accomplishments and you know, the fact that we have an onion toter running for Senate and we're going to have Corey is going to join us uh, later. Let me see what time I think in our final hour today, our five o'clock hour, uh, right at the almost at the top of the five o'clock hour. Uh, Corey is going to be joining us uh, then. But I just I, again, I'm just I'm, I'm beside myself with election after election after election. Republicans have a pretty good hand to play, and they misplay their hand, okay? And they're wrong time and time again, they're wrong, okay? Now, here you have, you, 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 you have the coattails of President Trump to run on, okay? And so Republicans want to make it a personality contest between a, you know, a, a chameleon, a vanilla-flavored um, Senator Tim Kaine who the media, they're not going to tell the truth about the guy. They're going to make him out to be just a nice old grandfatherly Democrat, okay? And uh, and they're going to just try to make Corey Stewart out to be, 
you know, a guy that's mean. I mean, Corey is not mean. I, I've known Corey for years. Corey is tough, okay? You know, I'm one of the first guys to really start interviewing Corey regularly, way back before he started running for a higher office, uh, because Corey uh, gained fame with his crackdown on illegal, not immigration, illegal immigration, okay? And these nutcase, low-fat Republicans, okay? Republican Senator Stupid, Republican Governor Goofball, these guys have a great hand to play, and they misplay it all the time. And one of the things that they fail to do is to properly set the table when there's a debate. They always let the Democrats set the table, okay? And so the Democrats get to set the table, call the tune, you know, uh, make the rules. They get to do everything. And all Republicans ever want to do is play defense, okay? And uh, me too, and I'm Democrat light. I'm a nice guy. Don't you all hate me? Please like me. Please, please. You know, almost like Sally Field, you know? <laughs> you know, maybe, Mark, you can find that little clip of Sally Field with that silly thing she said one year when she won an award. It was like, you like me? You really, really like me? It's Well, that's okay. Don't find it because I just did it, okay? <laughs> and this is what Republicans want, okay? Low-fat Republicans, okay? Not you steak and onion Republicans out there, okay? Now, if you're a regular listener to the Lee Brothers, you're probably a steak and onion Republican. Now, and if you're a listener to the Hatchet Man, you've shown enough a steak and onion Republican, okay? And uh, and your onions are not baby pearls, they're Vidalias. You, you cut up plenty of big Vidalias on your steak, okay? You're not the uh, tofu and celery uh, Republican crowd. But, uh, you know, and I, you know, and I'm picking at them, but I'm doing so in jest in a sense because I, what I really want is I want to have some of these people see the light and win them over to our side. You know, and this is why when I critique Republicans, I always say I'm not talking about you, Ma and Pa Republican. I'm talking about the leadership, okay? You got a, you know, a president that's doing a great job and you get you have a Republican running for Senate and these these nitwits don't have enough sense to connect the two and make the case to the citizens of Virginia that, hey, you know, do you want a guy that's going to go to the Senate and help this president do an even better job with the remainder of his presidency? Or do you want to send a guy back there that's going to just stand in the way? It's simple, okay? This is not complicated. They want to make it a personality contest. It's not a personality contest. It's about what do you support, okay? Do you Are you trying to be a conservative, which is to conserve the idea that our freedom and our rights come from God, okay? Or are you a neoliberal, and they, I, don't, don't, I never call them liberal because they are not liberal. A liberal believes in liberty, okay? That is a liberal. If you're a liberal, you believe in liberty. If you do not believe in liberty, you are not a liberal. You, and if you call yourself a liberal, I call you a neoliberal because you are really illiberal, all right? And so we have to take the language back, get the terms straight, and so we can begin to wage an effective information war because, uh, make no mistake, folks, and I think Corey gets this, uh, and I'm certain President Trump gets this, we are at war, and it is an information war, okay? And um, now when we come back on the other side of the break, I'm going to break it down uh, how war has changed 
and how every four generations we go to war. So we'll be right back. The Lee brothers showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock. Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for the Lee brothers today. And uh, again, I want to say thank you for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, back on uh, what I was sharing, a little short segment here before we get to the bottom of the hour news that... um, And again, the number here, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. Now, this this whole idea that we have to somehow throw a guy like Corey Stewart under the bus, and it's not just Corey, but, you know, take note now, Corey is a um, member of my generation. I'm a Gen X guy. All right. Now, let's examine who who are some other political generation X guys. OK, Ted Cruz, Ken Cuccinelli. OK, how, how were those guys treated by the establishment and what type of attitude did they bring? And see, Corey brings attitude. I bring certainly attitude. Ken Cuccinelli brought maybe not quite the type of attitude that I bring or the type of attitude that Corey Stewart brings. But Ken, he brought it. He, in his own way, he brought it. The man is tough. The man has integrity. Certain, certainly, Ted Cruz, did, did Ted Cruz bring attitude? Does he bring integrity? Ted Cruz stood on the floor of the Senate and called the Senate leader a liar, okay? And McConnell, I mean, no one said, okay, is Ted Cruz telling the truth? Did McConnell lie or did he not lie? No, that was not the issue. The issue is you're a member of the Senate and that is uh, conduct unbecoming of a senator. All right. Then no, no one said was the lie unbecoming of a senator. OK. And so these are tough guys. OK. And we live in tough times. And so what my generation is trying to do, typically the generation in front of us would hand us the baton of leadership, but the baby boomers, they're not doing that. So what we're trying to do, we're trying to take it, okay? And so we need you all who are conservatives, who want to conserve the idea that rights come from God, not from government, Help Corey Stewart, okay? So anyway, we are at that news break here at the bottom of the hour. And again, the number, if you'd like to call on the other side of the break, is 804-454-1366. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. Welcome back to the 
program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for the Lee Brothers today. And uh, so glad to be here and so glad that you are out there. And, uh, yeah, back on what I was sharing with you all uh, before the um, before the news break there, you know, if you if you just look, if you Google uh, Trump accomplishments, you can find everything from a 10 point list to a 300 point list. I mean, it's just and. and also mixed in there is uh, Snopes.com. You know, Trump hadn't done anything. Okay, come on, folks. Give me a break, okay? Now, some of these jokers are really out here. They will even say, well, Obama really did it, okay? So, I, I mean, it's like, so while everything was horrible under Obama, it was it was Bush's fault, okay? And not just for the first year, okay? It was Bush's fault for eight years. I mean, the guy ran for re-election four years later, and he was still talking about George W. Bush. Never, I never heard a president do that, okay? So when did uh, Barack Obama start wanting to take credit for anything? Now, okay, <laughs> now, now that things are starting to happen. Oh, Obama did that, okay? And uh, now let me start by saying one of the worst things Trump did not do is to fire everyone that Barack Obama had hired, okay? And uh, his life would be a whole lot better now. But you see, when you look at, uh, you know, all the people around uh, President Trump, uh, being that uh, President Trump came from the private sector, I think he uh, relied a little bit more than he should have on advice from the people around him. Uh, whereas when when he was in the private sector, he was in his comfort zone, so to speak. But I think uh, President Trump is uh, probably feeling uh, pretty pretty uh, confident these days. Okay, and uh, now he, on some level, you say, well, he can't go back, but. I disagree. He can't go back, but at this point, he can fire some of these jokers, okay? And I would just do it, okay? And uh, rather than to listen to the fear mongers around him, you know, these people, some of them, they're, well, I, look, and, and we're talking Republicans, folks, okay? We're talking Republicans. So quite naturally, if they're establishment Republicans, they're full of fear, okay? Because let's be honest. We live in a very hostile environment that's hostile to everything pure, right, good, righteous, that, that even has the potential to produce good and righteousness, okay? Even the potential to produce it, all right? And so these are people that all of their lives, the media has beat them up. If you're a Christian, if you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, if you're a business owner, you know, you have these people that have been mentally, morally infiltrated by Sovietism, atheism, um, you know, multiculturalism, all these different wicked isms. They've just been intimidated by all this stuff. And so they just want to not rock the boat. And what these people don't realize is that they're never, ever going to like you, okay? You can do the best Sally Field imitation all you want, okay? You can put a dress on like Sally Field. Well, no, let me take that back because some of these jokers might do it because that might work. <laughs> After all, we're talking about Democrats, okay? Not you, Ma and Pa Democrat. <laughs> we're talking about the Democrats that are the drivers of culture, okay? The uh, the politicians, the academia, the um, the Hollywood community, you know, these these people, OK, the people that plant these things in your mind. And um, 
And as a matter of fact, speaking of planting things in your mind, I have to just throw a li- another little teeny bone out there that there's an element of that in my daughter's book, uh, One Nation, okay? My daughter's very first book, and she's going to be my guest, and she is now my new favorite author, okay? After hundreds and hundreds of authors that I've interviewed over a 10-year career in, in radio, uh, this this is just, uh, you're going to like this book, folks. And uh, One Nation, it's a sci-fi set way into the future, okay? But there's that element is in my, my daughter's book. And so you have to hang around till 5.30 now, uh, or you can uh, get the interview on our website if you want to listen later, uh, thereallyrealdeal.com, thereallyrealdeal.com. So, but anyway, a, a, a little bit of... Uh, and, and again, why these Republicans won't rally around all of our Republicans that are running for office, okay, including Corey Stewart. You know, Corey's at the top of the ticket this go-round. It's an off-year election, so there's no president at the top. So in the state of Virginia, or well, in any state, whoever's running for Senate is at the top of the ticket, okay? So how can you bash and not support the guy at the top of the ticket and then try to help the guy that's in second or third place on the ticket. It doesn't make sense, okay? These nitwits tried to pull this off uh, with Ken Cuccinelli, all right? They fought Ken Cuccinelli. They fought E.W. Jackson, the number one and number two spots on the Republican ticket that year. And they're going to try to get the attorney general elected who's number three on the ticket. What sense did that make, okay? But this is how backwards the thinking is. It's convoluted. You're going all the way around Robin Hood's barn with some complicated scheme to shoot down the true conservative and to get your middle-of-the-road Republican elected and think, okay, so then four years down the road, we'll run him for governor. And so we'll let the Democrat, we'll let Terry McAuliffe have it this go-round, and we'll take it back four years down the road. How did that work out? Okay, and so when you make things complicated, they never ever or let's say they very rarely ever work out. And truth is really simple. Okay, and so the shortest distance between point A and point B is a straight line. Okay, and the straight line here is that Trump is doing a good job. And so you simply say, okay, our congressman, Dave Bratt, if you elect him, he's going to help Trump. If you elect a Democrat, she's going to hurt Trump, okay? Our Senate candidate, Corey Stewart, ditto. He's going to help Trump, okay? It's, it's just that simple, folks. It's just that simple. But people like Americans for Prosperity, they want to keep their money fine. It's their money. Keep it, okay? And um, you know, as a matter of fact, for all the uh, 10 years I've been on the air and I've been at a lot of functions, I've spoken at a lot of places, I participate in a lot of things, and uh, I travel in some of the same circles with these people. And for 10 years, they've never, ever, ever bought one single ad on the really real deal. Okay? Never. All right? And so, that, and that's fine. Actually, that's fair. All I can do is make the case, okay, that, hey, we're shipmates. And if the ship goes down, we all go down, brother. We all go down. And so I can't count how many years I've been trying to get Republicans and Christians to see ourselves not as uh, individuals uh, and, and to see the things that divide us, but rather to see ourselves as the Christian conservative 
constitutional capitalistic coalition, okay? And I've kind of boiled this down on my website with the seven C's of a successful society that starts with Christian faith. And, you know, and I know that low-fat Republicans like to say, oh, we need to leave the social issues alone and, you know, leave religion in, in the church, in the synagogue, in, in the home, and just leave it, leave it out of politics. But you can't leave religion out of politics, okay? Islam is all politics. It's a political book, okay? And they, you, if you read your Bible, there's politics dispersed all up and down. I mean, you always have a prophet going up against what? A king, okay? Prophet's not going up against a, a talk show host. They're going up against a king, okay? And so Elijah, you know, was life was threatened by Jezebel and Ahab, okay? You know, Herod killed, uh, you know, everyone trying to kill Jesus, Okay, Um, John the Baptist grew up in the wild because why? To escape that uh, edict to kill all the the boy babies two years of age or younger. You know, he had to they 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 sent him out in the wild. That's why he grew up a wild man. All right. Politics and nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Okay, and so we, we, we have to begin to view one another of what is it that we bring to this coalition, not what is it that divides us, okay? Because you never get that among the Democrats, okay? The Democrats, you have, let's just take two of the most extreme members from one another, that is, in the Democrat coalition. Democrat coalition has Muslims in it, and it has homosexual radicals in it, okay? Now, The Muslims will kill the homosexuals, but yet they're in coalition with one another because they're not focused on that, hey, over in uh, foreign countries, you would kill me. They're focused that, hey, here in America, we're united in the idea that we want to defeat Republicans. All right. And so why is it that that simple idea does not register to Republicans? Okay. Hey, your guess is as good as mine. As a matter of fact, if you have an idea, uh, throw it out here. 804-454-1366 while we take a quick break. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now, this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world. to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live. I love that song there. And uh, yeah, that's what it's all about, folks. We live in a land of the free because of the brave. And, uh, you know, we have to be a little bit brave sometimes. And certainly we have to exercise a little bit of common sense, I mean. And uh, now I know I'm beating up on Republicans a little bit uh, in this first hour. But if you're a Democrat out there and you're riding home, don't worry. Your turn is coming, okay? (laughs) And now, again... 
I don't mean you, Ma and Pa, Democrat, okay? I mean your leadership, okay? Just like Republicans, you calm down out there, you Republicans. I know there's some nice uh, some, some nice lady uh, Republican member of the Republican women of this county and that county. I know there's some, some nice Republican gentlemen out there. You know, a lot of my friends are Republican gentlemen, Republican ladies. I, matter of fact, I even have some Democrat friends, quite a few as a matter of fact. You know, a wise man has friendships in all. All walks of life. And uh, so, but truth is truth and truth must be told. Okay. And so my prayer is that you accept it in the spirit that it's intended. Okay. It's not, uh, you know, we're not trying to be mean or, or rotten or make you feel bad, but we would like to try to make folks think, and we would like to try to stimulate a little bit of conversation. This is, after all, a talk radio program, all right? And the number here is 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. And uh, now, uh, I guess if I have a theme for this first hour of the program, it's that, you know, things are, are, are you know, not perfect, but they're running along pretty well. There's improvement. OK. And, uh, you know, just a, a short list of some of the Trump improvements, you know, taxes. And what did the Democrats do? They're, oh, well, only the rich. Same lie they told with Bush. OK. Tax cuts for the rich. As a matter of fact, that's always the lie they tell. OK. And, uh, you know, now my understanding is that 47 percent of Americans uh, don't pay any federal income tax. And I know, you know, folks pay Social Security taxes and local taxes and state taxes and sales taxes, okay? But see, the federal government can't control any of that. The, uh, the Congress, uh, along with the president, they can only control federal taxes. So this is what we're talking about, federal taxes, okay? 47% of Americans pay no federal income tax. So how can you get a tax cut, okay? And as a matter of fact, People talk about, you know, fair share and all that. Is it your fair share? If you pay zero taxes, is it fair that you get a tax refund? Is that fair? Okay, because that happens. Okay, it's called the earned income tax credit. And basically what it is, is income redistribution, a socialist idea. And so what what we have going on is that in this capitalist country, we allow a small degree of socialism uh, as you know, don't ask me why they do it, but they do it. Okay. And it's mathematically provable that it's done. Okay. Good, bad, or indifferent. That's for you to decide. Okay. I'm my, you know, my role is to bring clarity. Okay. To put out good information in a clear and concise manner. And, you know, maybe with a little bit of humor. Okay. <laughs> we don't want to bore you folks out there. But, uh, so anyway, uh, the Democrats say, oh, well, these these are uh, these are crumbs, you know. And so uh, the few brave conservative journalists around will go around the country and they will interview people. Well, you know, how much tax uh, increase uh, tax decrease or how high did your tax refund increase over last year? And what did you do with that money? And so they get all these nice, wonderful stories that people tell, not just with the lessening of taxes and the increase in folks' tax refunds, but also with a lot of the bonuses. And the only thing the Democrats have to offer is, oh, well, that's crumbs. That's crumbs. I mean, right in central Virginia, uh, what's Philip Morris's parent company now? Altria? 
gave out thousands of uh, bonuses. And so now the thing about these bonuses, these bonuses, they don't just only go to, and I think there was something like $5,000 per employee. If, if I'm cor- incorrect in that amount, someone, you know, call up and correct me, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. But now you take thousands of $5,000 bonuses and you put that on top of taxes go down, Okay, and the Democrats say, "Oh, well, that's crumbs because the the billionaire his tax cut was bigger." What? Duh! His tax bill is bigger. So if a guy has a million dollar tax bill and you cut it by ten percent, that's a one hundred thousand dollar tax cut. Most people don't even pay a hundred thousand in taxes. How can you get a hundred thousand dollar tax cut? It's mathematically impossible. But yet and still, they make the charge, and Republicans are just seem to not know how to take that slow-moving fastball down the middle of the plate and knock it out of the park, okay? It's very, very easy. It's, it's really easy. But anyway, you you take that, the, the reduction in regulations, which has helped businesses be more profitable, travel ban, Gorsuch on the courts, and the lower courts being packed with conservatives, Kavanaugh in the wait, Jerusalem, okay, I mean, you can go down and, I mean, look at the deals that Trump has nixed. The Paris climate deal, the Iran deal, the Trans-Pacific Partnership deal, which cedes American sovereignty to uh, international conglomerate. I mean, we could go on and on and on with good things. And I've just scratched the surface, folks. Finally, ISIS really does look like the JV team that Barack Obama claimed they were because there's a man in the White House making them look like a JV team. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on the Lee Brothers radio program. The Brothers Lee will be back next week. And in the meantime, it is such an honor to uh, be asked to sit in for the Lee Brothers here. And so you all uh, who are wondering who this new voice is, uh, this is your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. I'm on every Saturday morning from 10 to noon and Sunday mornings uh, from 9 to 11. And you can uh, check out my website, thereallyrealdeal.com. That's thereallyrealdeal.com. And uh, we're right up against the top of the hour news break. And so in our next hour, folks, uh, we're going to have a couple of guests. Uh, We're going to have the uh, president of the Law Enforcement uh, Defense Fund who's going to join us, and we're going to have our Congressman Dave Bratt, okay? And uh, before that, we're going to get into a little bit of biblical wisdom to help explain some of the things that are going on today. We will be right back. to the program, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for the Lee Brothers today, and uh, 
Hey, such an honor to sit in for the Brothers Lee, and uh, we're so glad to be here and so glad that you are there. The number here, if you would like to call, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. A couple of guests coming up this hour. Uh, at about quarter after, uh, we're going to have the president of the uh, Law Enforcement uh, Legal Defense Fund, and at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have our favorite congressman, uh, Dave Bratt, okay? The, and it's, it's a shame they, that we have one economist, okay? <laughs> the uh, Congress, they, they, they write the checks, they make the budget, they spend the money, okay? And there's one one economist, okay? And we're blessed to have him uh, right here in Virginia's 7th District. And uh, many people don't know, Dave is also a seminary graduate, okay? So a man of God and a man of uh, understanding money and economics. Very, very potent combination, all right? So now, as promised, before we get uh, those guests uh, on board, uh, I promised you guys in the last hour, and I'm going to have to, I hate to rush through things like this, but, you know, uh, in in the first hour, I was sharing how many people on the so-called right, okay, what we, you know, I'm, I'm and I'm on the right. As a matter of fact, I'm, I embrace all the whole entire right wing. I embrace, I'm not far right, middle right, near right. I'm right, okay? And, uh, and these other jokers are wrong, okay? <laughs> I embrace all of it, all right? And so, you know, and I've been talking for years, years, okay, about the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition. And, uh, you know, and the, the pushback that I get not only uh, personally, but in uh, observing and listening and reading uh, what others uh, say about this is that, oh, no, you know, you Christians, you just need to show up when it's time to vote, when it's time to open your pocketbook up, you know, because Christians are generous. All right. And uh, and and when it, as a matter of fact, you know, and I'm, I'm a witness to the generosity of Christians because my program, The Really Real Deal, relies on donations. OK. And uh, you can go to my website. That was an unanticipated opportunity to put a plug in. OK. The Really Real Deal uh, dot com. But um, anyway, the um, so the, 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 this this pushback is that you Christians, you need to just uh, do the legwork, make the phone calls, knock on doors, and uh, you know because the, you know basically they want to take advantage of the kindness of Christians, and then they want us to go away until the next election. And I'm you know. No, this is just not right. Christians need to have input, and Christians need to have not the dominant role in the coalition, but an equal role in the coalition. And the coalition includes Christians. It includes conservatives. It includes constitutionalists. It includes capitalists. It includes people who believe in choice. It includes people that believe in confronting evil in people that believe in consistency in application of law. You see a theme there? Okay, if you do, then you you go to my website, The Really Real Deal, and you'll see the seven C's of a successful society. And I just ran through them, basically, okay? But um, but anyway, this, you know, these people say, oh, you know, we, we need a separation. There there's never has been a separation. It's just, you know, people just don't understand the role of faith. And, it, and a lot of this stuff with Trump, oh, it's Trump is new. Trump is 
is bold. Trump is out of the box. Trump is a non-politician. And so we've never had anything like this before. And so I say to them, look, open your Bible up, knock the dust off of it so it doesn't make you sneeze. Okay, open it up and go to the chapter six of the book of Daniel. And you will see again. You have a, 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 a character in the Bible that we've all heard of, Daniel, and he's in the court of a what? A king. What's that? Is that politics? Yeah, that's politics, okay? King Darius, okay? And you have jealous people in what? The court of King Darius, and they say, and I'm quoting here, we can find no fault in him. They're talking about Daniel. So the, the governors and the satraps and I'm, I'm quoting now, this is verse four. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Okay. So they had to trump something up. Okay. Pardon the pun. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, and look, I could, the time is short, but I could really go on and on with this, uh, with this theme here. But, um, you know, uh, uh, now let's take the book of Proverbs, okay? Chapter 25, more Proverbs of Solomon. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings, okay, i.e. presidents, all right? As the heavens are high and the earth is deep, so the heart of kings, i.e. presidents, are unsearchable, okay? Remove the dross from silver and a silversmith can produce a vessel. Now check this one out, verse 5. Remove wicked officials from the king's presence and his throne will be established through righteousness, okay? So, I, you know, I'm making a biblical case for Trump to fire all these jokers that are left over from um, uh, Barack Obama's presidency. You know, get rid of Rosenstein, you know, or let the uh, Republicans impeach that joker. We're going to, you know, we have Dave Brett coming up soon, and uh, we're going to ask Dave about that, okay? And I'll, I'll guarantee you Dave is for me with this, this, these Bible verses here. And, uh, well, I better, I better not be guaranteeing what another man thinks or knows, okay? I should know better than that. Anyway, um, uh, an, another thing. Okay, now where is this? Okay, ah, Lord, the hatchet man has notes all over the place here. But um, there was another verse, and this was in um, this was in Proverbs also, and I think I can remember this one. It's uh, when the righteous man falls down in the presence of the wicked. It's like a fountain that is corrupt. Okay. Because, see, the, the, the fountain of truth comes from the righteous man. So he's not supposed to faint or fall or be tricked, okay, in the presence of the righteous. Because if, 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 if the righteous man, and let's just say in government or in your family, in your business, in, in any type of situation where there's a competition of ideas, okay, and on one side folks want to do what's right, on the other side folks are just self-interested in their personal ends, be it right, wrong, or whatever, they want what they want, and they don't mind breaking the rules to get there, okay? And uh, it, it could be anything. It could be money, position, wealth, power. It could be sex. It, it could be anything, okay? And people, many people will not 
attempt to approach these things righteously, okay, and seek the Lord in how to go about obtaining them, but they'll just cut any kind of corner because why? They live in their flesh. They're not men and women of the spirit. And so they'll just do whatever it takes uh, to get there. And so there's quite often there is this competition, okay, this competition between, and in the case of uh, constitutional issues, it, the, the founding of this nation is based on the idea that rights and freedoms are a gift from God. The communist atheist view is that your rights and your freedom is whatever they say it is, okay? No more than that, no less than that, okay? And this is why communist socialist regimes always hate God, always hate God, always hate religion, and in particular, the religion of Christianity. We're up against our uh, quarter hour break, and we're going to take that break. And when we come back, we will have the president of the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. Representing the end of political correctness, it's the Lee Brothers. Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live, sitting in for the Lee Brothers today. And uh, as promised, folks, we have our fantastic guest who's joining us now, Ron Hosko. He is a former assistant director of the FBI, and um, he has uh, quite a resume. He led the FBI's crisis management unit uh, up in Quantico, and uh, he also was a special agent in charge in Philadelphia. Uh, did did I say Philadelphia? I, I meant Philadelphia. <laughs> but um, anyway, he is now president of the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund, and uh, I am so honored and privileged to be uh, participating in a uh, project that they are launching to have members of the media like myself uh, go through a simulator of what uh, police officers actually go through. And uh, we're going to be doing it. I think this is the second city. We're doing it in the, in the Richmond area. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Ron, and welcome to the program. Thank you, Craig. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to meeting you in person and uh, delighted to be able to join you today and uh, next week. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh well actually it's tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow morning we we're going to have you on my program uh tomorrow morning the really real deal. And now uh, you are the really real deal now. I mean, I'm looking at look, I'm looking at your picture here in uh on on the website and uh you were also cited for uh bravery uh um what well, well, hold on, let me get this right. That you were awarded the FBI's Shield of Bravery for actions during a violent ransom kidnapping. And, man, I'm telling you, you look like you could take a guy down right now. <laughs> How old is that picture? That picture is probably about four or five years old. Yeah, uh, you could take him out. You could take him out. It's just only four <laughs> or five years old. That's not an old picture. Yeah, so. <laughs> that training stays with you, too. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like my martial arts training. I haven't trained in many a year, but um, I bet you I could take a dude out, too. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure you could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but look, uh, tell the folks about this this project that you have. So, Craig, about, uh, gosh, four years ago, uh, in the wake of uh, events down in Ferguson, we were watching the news coverage on a uh, 
let's just say a mainstream media outlet and heard a, uh, a morning anchor make some comments about uh, the officer and the encounter that struck me as um, uh, ridiculous, yeah. uh, misleading, inflammatory, but had the potential to leave that, that anchor's audience with that, the misimpression. Right. And we thought, you know, we, we have to do something to counter this, mm-hmm. this foolishness, silliness, whether it was uh, ignorance or, or intended. I, my, you know, uh, my guess would be the, the former. Yeah. My, uh, now, my, how- my guess would be intended. So we, we <laughs> differ on that. And I say it yep. all the time that some of them may be stupid, but they, they, they can't all be stupid. OK, well, some of them I, I have to just this is in their heart. Yep. Yeah, I'm not a mind reader, but I wouldn't say 100 percent either way. But um, anyway, sorry to sorry to cut across you there. That's okay. That's okay. So you know, I listened to this commentary, and I thought this person is in a position to influence the thinking Mm -hmm. of tens of thousands of people by by comments like that that were completely uninformed and misguided. And so we decided to purchase a uh, police training simulator for our organization and to try to put together a program that would go out and, and maybe serve as a little bit of a wake up with with factual information and our, our interest in the first uh, iteration. And now we're in the second iteration with a new machine is is to try to pull in the media because you folks Mm -hmm. have such a voice um, that can influence people, can inform people, or can misguide and mislead yes. people. Yes. And so we thought, hey, the media should be our primary focal point, but we also wanted to bring in people from the community. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. are community influencers um, who can who can spread the word, and, mm-hmm. and we can lead folks to some some data that is. Uh, not collected or produced by us, but but reported by us. Right. In this, to this start is great. participating in this conversation between the community and the police who yeah. serve them. Yeah, this is really, really great. And you know, this will save so many lives because I, one of the things I noticed about Ferguson is the, the young brown boy that, that unfortunately got killed, his father— uh, was standing on top of a police car with his pants hanging down as as though he was the teenager, okay? His father now, yep. jumping up and down, shouting, burn this blankety-blank down. Right. And so now, uh, so a, a boy like that brown boy, if that's the input from his father, he was starting out life at a deficit. Uh, I, I would agree with you totally. Um, I think there was uh, more than a bit of a shuffle with uh, young Michael Brown and who was raising him and perhaps how he was being raised. But you're exactly right. Yeah. If that's a reflection of how he was raised and his values. Yeah. Uh, you can see where he's on a pa- on a collision path with, with law, law enforcement, enforcement, with with authority mm-hmm. and, and with legitimate people in the community. Yeah. Um, including a shopkeeper who just wants to, you know, make a few dollars and feed his own family. Yeah. Rather than see it, you know, walk out the door in the hands of somebody who, you know, chooses to to lift it or to take it by force, which mm-hmm. Michael Brown did. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're up against a break. Could you hold on for just a moment? And we'll, sure we'll, yeah, great. We'll be right back. If you're just joining us, we have Ron Hosko of the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. We will be right back, folks. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. 
Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. And while with us is uh, Ron Hosko of the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. And thank you for staying over again, Ron. I'm happy to be with you, Craig. Yeah, yeah. And look, I wanted to ask you a question because we we got we have about two minutes left before the news. Now, with uh, politicians like uh, Barack Obama, who you know he famously said, "Well, I don't know what happened, but the police acted stupidly." Okay, and you just go down the list from guys like Louis Farrakhan, um, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, uh, Black Lives uh, Matter, sometimes. You know, you just go Antifa, you go through all, and it's always the police are the enemy. Share with the audience what does it mean when good information about police officers is put into the heads of young people who are are very subject to bad parentage and to listening to uh, uh, black media stars you know, what does it, how could it potentially change that person's perspective and, and literally save their life if they have contact with police? Craig, this is to me simple. And I think that, uh, you know, what we need to do as a society and certainly what parents ought to be doing is inoculating their kids against uh, fatal or bad encounters with the police. And there are simple ways to do that. One is, and frankly, I was offended by the comments of uh, liberal mayor Bill de Blasio up in New York talking yeah. about having the conversation with his son. Yes, And yes. his conversation was the, talking about the threat that, that police pose, the police as your enemy. Yeah. Look, I have a son. I had the conversation with my son, and it goes something like this. Um, if the police pull you over, you are to be respectful. You're to listen to what they are instructing you to do. You're to comply with their instructions. You treat them appropriately mm-hmm. as, a, as an adult. And guess what? That that encounter is going to be completely innocuous. Yeah, yeah. Not Bill de Blasio's conversation. Yeah. Now, can you hold one more time, sure. Ron? Sure. Okay, great, great. We'll finish up on the other side of the news break. version of the Federalist Papers without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers. And in this corner, weighing in at a set of blueberries, the standard low-fat Republican, grand old Republican, who refuses to fight the Democrats the way they fight us, Governor Goofball. And in this corner... Weighing in at a set of Vidalia onions, the teller of truth, the slayer of Democrats. Folks, people want a champion. A man and his microphone. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the hatchet man. Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here with our fantastic guest. Uh, talk about a shown-up onion toter, okay? And uh, we have Ron Hosko of the uh, Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. And, Ron, thank you again for staying over with us. Surely. Yeah. Yeah, now it seems like this is a two-part two, uh, 
kind of a double mission here. On the one hand, you want to put good information out so that there is a counterbalance to the idea that the police are the enemy and you're letting vulnerable young men know that the police are not your enemy. And and if you just um, comport yourself properly, you can survive an encounter. But then on the other hand, in case it does go bad, you don't want the police to be railroaded, and so you're providing a defense fund for them because they could get bankrupted or wrongly convicted. It, it does happen. Uh, we our, our organization was set up uh, over two decades ago to review cases where police are charged, uh, re- you know, do our own evaluation of whether those charges look like they were legitimate or whether they were politically motivated. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I, I'm proud of the organization's record. I've been there for a little over four years now. Uh, I was calculating how many cases that we've been involved with, uh, with you know, by, by officer. 17 police officers uh, have had charges against them dropped, been been judged to be not guilty, mm-hmm. um, had caught charges against them dismissed before trial. Uh, since I've been there, we have, uh, I would say, one tie. Uh, it's where an officer was charged with a misdemeanor. And then after Ferguson and af- after Eric Garner in the fall of 2014, mm-hmm. the prosecutor came back and said, I'm going to indict you for murder unless you plead guilty. Oh, wow. Of course, the officer said no. He he was good to his word. He did indict him for murder. Wow! And after two mistrials by hung juries, um, the the uh, prosecutor uh, insisted he was going to go to trial one more time. He was effectively going to go to trial until he got a conviction. And we basically ran out of money. Uh, We could not uh, continue to support a six-figure defense. Ooh, wow. It gets very expensive. You can imagine a police officer in that situation. Yeah, and they don't make a lot of money. Right. Yeah. What happened to him? He ultimately pled guilty to the original misdemeanor charge just to move on with his life. Oh, wow. And he, he took a year of home confinement. And and is moving on with his life. Wow! Same but, thing so, they did to General Flynn. Listen, you you the the government essentially has endless resources to do yes. this. Mm-hmm. In our in that case, we were convinced that that those charges were politically inspired, politically driven. That was clear when it went from a misdemeanor to a murder charge. Oh wow! Which could have been the you know that that could have been the original charge, but no. Exactly. If politics. exactly if the man was guilty of murder, then you you make a fair charge right from the get go. Right. Yeah, That's I mean, right. you look at That's Baltimore. Right. I mean, this was. I mean, it's just all political, a city that's been ruled by Democrats for 100 years. It's hard to imagine one party, well, you know, one party control for 100 years. And you look at the condition of the place and what, did you have anything to do with all six of those officers were acquitted? We sure did. We, We were in contact with the FOP down there. Uh, they saw a massive uh, legal expense, you know, racking up to defend the six officers with six different uh, attorney teams and expert witnesses. And in fact, because we were helping to fundraise for them, we went to a number of the days up in, in trial. I sat in court with the, the uh, officer Caesar Goodson, um, spoke to his family, spoke about the trauma his family was going through because of wow. threats online and all mm-hmm. kinds of, you know, hate that's being spewed. And we listened to the evidence, as did an African-American judge 
who was a, an alumni of the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division. Mm-hmm. He was the judge who presided, and he dismantled the prosecution's case. They were able to prove nothing, not wow. a single charge. So six innocent people, uh, they, they, uh, a sergeant, a lieutenant, and, and four patrol officers mm-hmm. ended up walking free. But imagine if they didn't have the law enforcement legal defense right. fund or an FOP to help them financially. Yeah. They're in deep trouble and, and they may win and then they're broke yeah. and they're financially wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just so sad and seeing what people, one of my missions in life is, you know, I'm founder and president of the first amendment Inc. And I tell people all the time, freedom is a use it or lose it proposition. If you don't, it's like your muscles that you don't exercise. If you don't exercise your freedom, there's always someone that wants to take it from you. And uh, Reagan said it best that, that freedom is not handed down in our DNA. We have to fight for it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's something we have to work for. Look, I think there are there are places, and we've seen them, uh, where police officers are are in the wrong profession. They have no business carrying yes. a gun, having the authority. That exists. I'm a realist, right? Mm, I, yeah. I used to be I the agree. FBI. We, and and so we, you know, police need to do the right job in drumming those folks out of the profession. Mm-hmm. Um, however. Uh, in these cases where where police officers are are charged because th- that's what the politics tells a politician to do, mm-hmm. um, it's it's despicable. It's an abuse of power, and we've seen the abuse. We saw it with Marilyn Mosby, and we see it in some of the other cases that we've defended very successfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, God bless you, sir. You're doing the Lord's work, and uh, I'm looking forward to you sharing this with uh, our audience Saturday, and uh, and then next week. I'm really looking forward to the uh, in-person training. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are. So God bless you. And uh, now, before you go, you have to let our audience know, uh, you know, because my audience they are the Christian Conservative Constitutional Capitalistic Coalition, and I'm sure that there's someone out here that would like to write you guys a check or go to your website and pull the credit card out. Uh, So please tell people how they can have an opportunity to be a watchman on the wall beside you. I'd love to. We are, they can just Google search us at policedefense.org. We are the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. They can see the cases that we have been defending in uh, in the last several years, all our all of our cases, all of our successes are on our website. Our mission is on our website. Of course, part of our mission is doing what we're doing today, which is trying to do some public education mm-hmm. and pro, you know put out some good information. Yeah, uh, we do have a Facebook page as well. They can see some articles that I've written. You mentioned uh, some of the comments of Barack Obama, and I know uh, Eric Holder chimed yes. in on some of that, and I've written on some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they can find that on the website or on our Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. And I think about not just, uh, well, I do think about the officers, but I think about the young lives that could be saved if there was not this uh, politically expedient hatred that is spewn out in order to get people to vote Democrat when there's no reasonable, sound, logical reason to vote Democrat, only hatred. And so then the young people that aren't even yet old enough to vote, some of them lose their lives needlessly. And I, I, so you are doing really the Lord's work. You're saving police officers and you're probably saving some young people. That is our hope. That yeah. is our hope. Yeah. Okay. So I look forward to talking again tomorrow morning. Thank you, sir. Sounds good. All Thank right. You, God bless you. Bye-bye.
All right. Well, all right, folks, uh, we're going to take another quick break here. And uh, while we try to get our next guest uh, lined up, Congressman Dave Bratt, we will be right back. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for the Brothers Lee today. And uh, on the line with us is our fantastic congressman. I'm telling you, folks, I cannot say enough good things about Congressman Dave Bratt. And um, of all all of these guys managing the finances of this nation, we have one economist and a seminarian to boot. And uh, we are so blessed in Virginia's 7th District to have Dave Bratt. Dave, thank you again for joining us. Hey, Craig, great to be on always. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And so, hey, good numbers for Trump. Um, Hey, are the tax cuts working or is it the regulations uh, that are being cut? Uh, What to what do you uh, ascribe uh, this economy? Yeah, well, and that's the right question. And and the the basic answer is you got to have a pro-business attitude in the first place. Yes. And so the Republicans are free marketers, and we want people to go to work and their kids to get great jobs and the African-American unemployment rate's low and the Hispanic rate's low, and that's total optimism. Everybody's yeah. happy and optimistic. And so Women rate, too. Yeah. yeah it, we we the guys, but, don't we hate women and brown people, though, and, and, and their children? <laughs> no, I, I went to seminary. I love every single person. There you there. go. Yeah, like and, like most Repu- like really all Republicans do. No, that's that's absolutely right. We love every single person on the whole world. Every every single person's a child of God, and that's why we believe in the people. We don't believe in the government. We want the people to succeed, and so that's what we're doing. We're we're taking the energy out of Washington D.C., bringing the money back down to the states, and, and giving it to the people. Mm-hmm. And look what happens today. You get four point one percent economic growth. All of Obama's economists said, just get used to two. Two's the new normal. That's yeah, just be I remember that. So that. We, yeah. We peeled away the regulations. We did the tax cut six months ago only. And you can open up Econ 101. You know, there's about a six-month lag. Mm-hmm. And boom, there you go. The economy is roaring. And we're going to do tax 2.0. And I haven't shared with many people yet, but uh, I'm, I'm featured in that tax package, tax 2.0 coming up. They're going to put my uh, USA... Universal Savings Account in that. Oh, and it's one of great. the major major talking points. So it's great. Yeah, yeah, great, great. Yeah. So you know now there's this uh, thing I remember from the '60s called the Cloward Piven strategy, where they wanted to literally purposely bank- bankrupt the United States of America by heaping too many uh, financial demands on the nation. And this is purpose. And they wrote an article, and this is being taught in universities. Uh, Cloward and Piven both taught at Columbia. They were husband and wife, uh, Francis Fox Piven and Richard Cloward. And I know you know that, Dave. I'm just kind of updating the audience. So now we we have uh, government, and for many, many years, even Republicans have said, well, wow, we expect Democrats to increase the deficit and to spend money like drunken sailors, but, you know, what's up with Republicans? So explain to the audience what this Republican president and this Republican Congress are doing to, you know, slice that deficit down so that we can even have better growth. Are, are, are there plans, or is the Freedom Caucus getting too much pushback from the establishment? 
Yeah, we're, we need to do way better on that. And so, but, you know, the, the Republicans put together a budget and passed it. We passed 12 appropriations bills and gave it to the Senate. And that's where we got stuck in order to get nine Senate Democrat votes, which you need to pass anything. You need 60 votes over there. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats are the ones who said, we, you got to plus that thing up by $400 billion. Well, and that's so cloud- I was on Bloomberg and I'm, I'm going to post that. But the tax cuts are paid for. That was $150 billion. But isn't that... And with three with it, 3% growth, they're paid for. But the $400 billion the Democrats want, that's not. That's just straight-up government spending not paid for. But isn't that cloud piven, Dave? That's like, you know, in World War II, you're asking Germany, Germany to cooperate. I mean, I, I hate to put it in such apocalyptic terms, but, you know, don't we fight each other every four generations in America? And, and the last big battle was four generations ago, World War II. Aren't we literally at war? Uh, it's just not a shooting war. I mean, it isn't. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the bad news is coming unless we correct. Everybody knows it, right? Medicare is insolvent in, in eight well, years. You and I know it, but now everyone yeah. doesn't know it. And so and people would be shocked. They would say, well, how dare you, Hatchet Man, or how dare you, Congressman Brett, suggest that the Democrats are doing this on purpose, okay? But they've been teaching it in universities that they're doing it on purpose. It's not a secret. Am I overstating well, the case, Dave? Yeah. Well, you don't have to overstate the case. In New York, they got an avowed socialist running. Most of the Democrat opposition wants to further socialize one-fifth of the economy in health care. Yes. And they want to regulate. They know they can't outright say we're going to socialize everything, so they socialize it by regulating it, right? They control the industries. Mm-hmm. And then up in D.C., the reason the budget's so big is because you've got to pay to play. And right. so the money runs the whole city. That's why we got to bring the money back down uh, to the state and local. Yeah, and folks, if you think Congressman Dave Bratt is overstating this, the case there, I remember, and I know you remember, Dave, Barack Obama literally said it with his own mouth that we're going to overregulate the coal industry out of existence. He said, if, if you want to build a new coal plant, you can do it, but the regulation is going to be so high, you're going to go broke. Didn't he say that? Yeah, no, that that's right. I mean, they, they're picking winners and losers, and everybody's well aware of that. They create entire, you know, pay-to-play industries where you got to contribute to their party in order to participate mm-hmm. in the industry. And so yeah. that's and, – and we got Nobel Prize winners, right, that have written on regulatory capture in the Virginia school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buchanan, Jim Buchanan, won a Nobel Prize for his work proving that. Mm-hmm. And a Nobel Prize is the, the – the, crown jewel in economics and so yeah. it, it 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 doesn't have to be out there there's nobel prize winners that have shown it theoretically mm-hmm. and empirically and that's what's going on yeah so now what can be done with the senate why not i mean republicans say well if we're going to get the financial footing because you're right you and you and i know it uh, but you're you're the only economist in congress and there are many uh people that know that we're headed to a cliff and people say well the Democrats taking us to the cliff at 100 miles an hour, and the Republicans, they take us to the cliff at 50 miles an hour. So they say, well, why can't we just, while we have a majority in the Senate, go to 51 votes rather than 60 votes? What do you well, say to that? Well, we're for that. Oh, absolutely. We're all for that. And I think the president's getting there, too. I mean, he's getting totally there? frustrated with the amount, with the amount of— we have, we, the, the House has passed hundreds and hundreds of bills that are sitting over there in the Senate. And the Senate, just to let you know, our own Republicans, right, uh, wouldn't do a budget this year. 
And the reason that matters is because if you don't do a budget, you don't do reconciliation. You get automatic cola. 51 votes to pass something. That's how we got tax cuts through, mm-hmm. was through reconciliation with 51 votes. Mm-hmm. In all those years that uh, th- under the Obama presidency where there was no budget, wasn't it, isn't it true that there really was a budget? Because when you don't have a budget, you have uh, built-in increases uh, that will be, sure. you don't yeah, have absolutely. to be accountable for it because you say, oh, we can't get a budget, so this is what happens when you don't get a budget. So they really, yeah. they really did have a budget. They were just lying. Right. Everybody knows. You just do a CR, and it just carries the budget numbers of the last time. You get permanent increases and in everything. Yeah. Government always grows and never shrinks. So how do and we so fix it, Dave? You, you're the economist. Uh, well, well, it's, 30, it's, in 30 seconds, I hate to do that to you, brother. Yeah, no, no, it's easy. It, the answer is easy, and it, it, it doesn't take more thought. It takes elections. Right. And so I'm going off to my campaign office. Right, Everybody out there, make sure you sign up, DaveBratt.com, to be a volunteer. Mm-hmm. We're going to have tough races. The Democrats yeah. are raising a million dollars a quarter, not yeah. a year, a quarter. And you guys and send Dave up, some money. Email. Yeah. yeah. Tell them how to send you money, Dave. Yeah, just go to DaveBrat.com, help out that way, but show up, volunteer, send emails all over the 7th District telling everybody what's going on. Oh. And we'll win. Yeah. And everybody across the country has got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, it's great having you as always. I hope you have a little time in your schedule tomorrow on my program. We'll, you know, if you do, we'd love to have you again, brother. You bet. It's my birthday today, so we're going to the campaign office, going to celebrate with all of our great friends. I know. I'll be there. I'll see you shortly. (laughs) Great. All right. Thank you all. Have a great day. All right, brother. Bye now. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading, it's the Lee Brothers. Well, 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 folks, that's two hours in the can. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee. And, uh, hey, we're right at our top of the hour news break, and we will be right back with our three Republican Senate candidate, Corey Stewart, and my firstborn... Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. And, uh, hey, having a ball. And it's always an honor to sit in for the Lee brothers. And I want to just say thank you to those gentlemen again. And thank you to you all for being out there. And, uh, my goodness, haven't we had a uh, slate of wonderful guests so far today and uh hey in our final hour we're gonna rock it and roll it a little more folks uh we're gonna have Corey stewart is gonna join us in just a very very few minutes here uh who is the republican nominee for the united states senate and then at the bottom of the hour my new favorite author is my daughter my daughter fatima evans has written her very first book it's a sci-fi thriller titled One Nation. And so I'm really looking forward to that interview. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Dave um, Dave Bratt was great as usual. And uh, he was saying, hey, the, the, the key is uh, we have to get the right folks in and we have to win these elections uh, 2018 uh, coming up. And uh, so Dave has a challenge. I, I think he'll pull it out uh, 
I don't want to say with ease. I don't want folks out there to uh, get too comfortable, okay, uh, because these Democrats, we we know that what they use, and I'm not not you, Ma and Pa Democrat. I'm trying to convert you to come over to, to our side to, uh, to vote with sense, to vote the way you vote when you sit down at your dinner table and balance your checkbook and make decisions about where you're going to deploy the precious resources that God has blessed you with, okay? Uh, so if folks voted the way they lived, uh, we would not have a problem in this country. But the problem is that so many people do not vote their true values. And, uh, or, you know, am, am I in error? Are people really voting their values? Uh, is, is that the evidence of their values? And then what they say with their lips, perhaps that's just lip service. I don't know. But, you know, so, uh, but anyway, we do, we have our guest on, uh, my good friend, Corey Stewart. And, uh, Corey, how you doing there, brother? Hey, Mr. Hatchet, man. Great to be on your show. Hey, great to have you as always. Look, I can't be the only one toting a set of onions around here, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's always good to have an onion toting uh, candidate. Uh, you know, it, it, and, it's, it, and it strikes me as odd, Corey. That, um, you know, we, we, we Christians and conservatives and constitutionalists, we complain, and rightly so, we have, we have a right to complain, okay? But we, about the way things are done and these conservative principles are all under attack, our faith, our children and the gender confusion and the fake Russia investigation, the, uh, the, in, the inequality in the application of law, the Clintons never get convicted, and, you, you know, the little guy goes to prison for nothing. We, we just had the uh, president of the law, the Police Law Enforcement Foundation, and the things they do to try to throw police officers in prison. It, it, it's horrible. But to whom should we direct our anger? The alligator that got loose in the zoo, which I call the Democrats, or the zookeeper that's supposed to not let him get loose, which we will call Republicans. Well, you know, the problem, of course, is you put your finger right on it. As we let the Democrats, and it's not the Democrats, per se, it's the very extreme leftists who have now taken over the Democratic Party. Yes. And who have been pushing around average Americans, pushing around the Democratic Party, pushing around... Republicans pushing around just about everybody. And people, we just keep backing up. We keep backing up on all these cultural issues. And finally, I think people have had enough. They're like, wow, our country's gotten so out of control, so bizarre. Uh, one thing after another, they're tearing down our values, tearing down our religion, and tearing down our country. And people woke up in 2016, they've had enough, and we're fighting back. And that's yeah. why people are walking away from the Democratic Party. Yeah, and see, and you, what I see, this is what impresses me about you, Corey. And how many years have I been interviewing you? Way before you started running for lieutenant governor or governor or anything, way back when you were making news about uh, immigration control in your county. And, and what happened when you put in these. Uh, tough rules, that, but they were fair rules. They were equal rules. You were not picking on illegals. You, everybody that got stopped had to, had to show an ID. Everybody, okay? And what ended up happening was a lot of these people left your county, and they went to Maryland, and now Maryland has a rape crisis. Okay? Yeah. So you, yeah. You're, you have a successful track record, and 
the thing that Republicans, how many years have we heard, Corey, that we need a candidate that can win in Northern Virginia? Tell these people where you're from and how many times you've won in Northern Virginia, the place that Republicans are fearful of. Well, you know, and yes, I mean, I've won five times in Christian County, which, of course, is the second largest locality in the state. And unlike most localities where you elect your, uh, you know, where the chairman of the board is elected from, is, is chosen from among the sitting supervisors in Prince William, they have a countywide election right. with a half million people for the chairman. It's like being elected mayor of the county. Uh-huh. I've done that four times countywide. What's the demographics? What's and the- it's 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 fifty five percent minority. Um, we are over twenty percent African American, over twenty percent Hispanic, uh, and around fifteen ten to fifteen percent uh, Asian. And um, and I've been able to win among all those groups, mm-hmm. even Hispanics in Prince William County approve of what we have done. Right. The legal ones. The illegal immigration. Yeah, yeah the, the legal ones. Yeah, and, and, and see, now, it's, is, it, is it the legal Hispanics that complain about the crackdown on illegal immigration, or is it the Hispanic politicians and poverty pimps that complain? It's the far-left liberals who complain. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's uh, you know, who complain. Why do they complain? Because this is their base. You know, at the end of the day, the problem, what I've noticed, uh, is that the far left is really led by left-wing, crazy, white liberals. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's who's responsible, really, for pushing the Democratic Party to the extreme left. Because the average person, whether you're, you're Caucasian or African-American or Asian or Hispanic, People want to live in peace. Mm-hmm. They want lower crime. They mm-hmm. want lower taxes. They want a government that gets the job done in the most efficient way possible. They don't want all this crazy stuff. They don't want illegal immigration. So the problem, and, and that's what the, yeah, the problem is really, I, from my experience, is always uh-huh. been the extremely liberal Caucasian leftists who have been causing these problems. Wow. So for you know, they say a broken clock is right twice a day. So. I guess the poverty pimps are right. It's the white guy's fault. <laughs> I had well, not, I had to get that one in there, Corey. <laughs> yeah. So no, in other words, when so, I went to look, when I went to Charlottesville in February of 2017, this is before the problems last summer. Uh huh. And I went there to stand up because you know the the, the city council in Charlottesville is taking down the statue of Robert E. Lee, which I just think is wrong. I, I agree with you. By the way, it's wrong. It's just wrong, and it doesn't help any. Buddy, and they're just trying to divide people by race and hurt people and divide mm-hmm. the country. That's all they're trying to do. Well, we were met, and by the way, it was me, and uh, it was me and, and Thaddeus Dion Alexander, who's African-American. He's a good friend of mine, and the two of us went there. Mm-hmm. And we were confronted by about 100 crazy left-wing lunatics who are leading this effort to remove the statue, and they were all white. Wow. They were all white. Yeah. So this idea that somehow African-Americans in Virginia want the removal of all these statues that they, you know, that they want to be streets renamed and everything else. It's just not true. Yeah. The streets have been this way for over a hundred years. The monuments have been there. They haven't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. It's the extreme left with well, the Democratic talk- Party that's trying to people apart. Well, let's talk about what, because I was sharing with the audience right before you came on 
that people the the people's personal values in their voting patterns there's there's a disconnect there. So you know, and I've been sharing uh, for quite a number of years that there is a potential among Democrats who have calluses on their hands and work boots on their feet or, or, or sneakers, might be a nurse's shoe, and they're on their feet for double shifts. These people work for a living. They don't get the crumbs from the Democrat table, and they're not rich enough to get uh, a government grant. Aren't these people ripe for, you know, input from Republicans? And, and we, we're up yeah. with, in 30 seconds, and then we'll, we'll finish on the other side of the break. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, people are watching away from the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party has gone so far to the left, so extreme. They did this once before, back in the early 1970s, and it, it, it took many years to recover. Mm-hmm. And now they've done it again. They've gone so far left, so far from where your average American Joe, who just wants to work, and he wants to get paid a decent living, and he wants his kids in safe neighborhoods and safe schools, the Democratic Party has gone so far away from the average Joe, so extreme, mm-hmm. that they're going to lose the whole kit and caboodle. You just yeah, wait see. Yeah. Well, on the other side of the break, Corey, I want to know how we can take that message not only to the average man, but to some of these uh, low-fat Republicans that are fearful. How can we buck them up so they'll come over and support you? We're going to take a quick break, folks. We will be right back. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. Things are getting weird. Things are getting tough. Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for the Lee Brothers today. Uh, Such an honor to sit in for the brothers and uh, our fantastic guest, uh, Corey Stewart. Uh, As you know, uh, Corey is the Republican nominee uh, for the right to face off against incumbent Senator Tim Kaine. And thank you again, Corey. Hello. Uh, do we do we still have Corey? Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay, sorry for the hiccup there, Corey. Okay, so no yeah, yeah. So the the question I was putting to you is, okay, we know we have these this this uh, this Rhino uh, camp in the Republican Party. And rather than beat up, I beat up on them, but it's always with the intent to kind of make them think and bring them around, uh, not to just throw them under the bus. And uh, so how do we do that um, from 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 your perspective? Here you are, you're kind of on the coattails of Trump. In a sense, Trump was on your coattails because you were Trump before Trump was Trump. You know, at least in a, having a tough persona and putting the citizens first. You you you've been there. So we we have a very, very successful president, even though Trump didn't carry Virginia. That was two and a half years ago. I think Trump would carry Virginia now. And but you have people that are saying you don't stand a chance against Tim Kaine. That just doesn't add up to me. So how do you convince these people to open the checkbooks? To, um, to stop opposing you so that as a united front, the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition can put up a good fight against Tim Kaine and the Democrat uh, media conglomerate. Well, you got to remember, we got three and a half months to go. Uh, the, the, we got a president who's getting, uh, who's getting more and more popular. We got a president who's, uh, you know, getting all this economic growth. He's about to uh, you know, get another Supreme Court justice affirmed. 
And it got a lot of excitement out there. And on the Democratic side, there's no there's no excitement. Mm-hmm. So we have a very good chance of doing this. This is the year. Right. We got a, a popular president. I need your help. Go to CoreyStewart.com. I need volunteers. I need people to contribute. Uh, but this is the year we're going to do it. And we're going to shock the establishment. We're going to shock the Democrats. Yeah. Defeat Tim Kaine. Yeah. Now, for our listeners that maybe they are habitual Democrat voters, explain to them what it means if they were to begin to examine and adopt thought patterns that fit more with Republican way of, of doing things. It, it, explain, you know, what it, what it can mean. Well, uh, let me put it this way. If you're a Democrat and you're upset with the direction of the Democratic Party, uh, if you grew up as a Democrat and, and uh, you, but you're upset with the, the direction of the Democratic Party, then join the club. There's a lot of us. Uh, that includes myself. Uh, you know, I grew up as a Democrat. Walk away. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that about you, Corey. <laughs> you grew up. I mean, I, yeah, I know you were. You wow. Was this from due to parentage, grandparents? I mean, what 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 was the reason for that? Well, my dad was a longshoreman. He was a union man, and everybody I knew was a Democrat back then. And today, when I oh, go back okay. home, people have left because it was it wasn't that they left the Democratic Party; it's just the Democratic Party left them. Same thing Reagan and, said. They they did. You know, the Democrats, they turned their back. They shut the door. They betrayed the working man in this country. They betrayed our values. They betrayed us on international trade where they just let our manufacturing jobs, you know, get gutted by unfair trade agreements that have gutted our manufacturing sector. And they betrayed the working man by letting in millions of illegal immigrants into this country that has forced working men and women, working families to accept wages that were far lower than they were before, that has caused crime in their communities, and that is why people are walking away from the Democratic Party. Come and join the club, folks. Come on over. You don't even have to be a Republican, but send a message to the Democratic Party that you're not going to support them anymore, that they've gone too far to the left, and that when they come back, and then when they when they support the little man again, when they support the working guy, well, then maybe you come on back. But in the meantime, <laughs> I'm going to be your guy. Vote for Corey that's a good Stewart. way. To, that's a good way to put it, Corey. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks yeah, well. much success to you, and God bless you on the campaign trail. Thanks, man. Talk uh, to you soon. All right, bye now. Well, all right, folks, we're going to take another quick break here, and then we will be right back. And on the other side, we're going to have my new favorite author, my daughter, Fatima Evans, who has written her very first book, One Nation. We will be right back. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream. It's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee brothers. Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for the Lee Brothers today. And uh, we want to say thank you to the Lee Brothers for allowing me the honor of sitting in. And thank you to Dave from Richmond for calling in. Dave, what's on your mind, brother? All right. Well, I enjoyed the interview with Corey. I thought I think he's a, a good guy. But I wanted to make a comment because you hear the media everywhere and conservative media calling them liberals and liberal they're not liberal yeah it's not it's not and they need you need to define what what you're calling liberal and leftist Mm -hmm. uh as marxist socialist because 
then people will understand what this yeah. means. I did that and earlier that, in today's program, and I, for years I've called them neoliberals. They are the new liberals. But uh, a liberal believes in liberty, and they do not. Yeah, that's so right. anyway. The Marxist socialist. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate your comment. Thank you, and keep, hey, keep right, listening thanks. and check us out tomorrow morning, 10 to noon. All right, thanks. Okay, thank you. All right, and we're going to say hello to Paul from Mechanicsville. Paul, what's on your mind, brother? Hey, hey, brother Craig. Uh, you know, you and I have spoken several times. Uh, two things. I, Corey Stewart is so right on. I had a long meeting with Corey, just several of us in Mechanicsville, mm -hmm. for several hours and had a great time. He is so right on. And, you know, when it comes to defense, all these people down there on the peninsula in Hampton and Nipper News mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, Tim Kaine's not going to do anything for oh, them. Oh, no. Defense. He's just going to fight. Thing. He's going to fight Trump. That's all Tim Kaine's going to do. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. He's such a liberal, uh, yeah. brother Craig. Neoliberal. <laughs> I have a quick question for you. Do you think Real quick. I don't. I don't know. Has uh, Has Corey been in front of the Tuesday morning group? That I don't know. I, he I, cause I he, he probably has, but you know, uh, check with Liz on that, and you know, she she probably would be happy to have him again. But look, we're yeah, right. Be great. Yeah, Thank we're you. right up against it here, brother. Thank you. Hey, hey stick hey, around. Your daughter and her book. Okay. I'll listen at you tomorrow. Okay. okay. Thank, Thank you. you now. All right, folks. We'll be right back with my daughter Fatima Evans and her very first book, One Nation. Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on the Lee Brothers Radio Program, our final 30 minutes of today's program. And it has really been a fantastic program so far. But, folks, I've been teasing you for two and a half hours, okay? The hatchet man has been teasing you about this interview. And uh, I, get to, I get to boast a little bit. You know, you, you guys know I don't like to boast, but I get to play proud papa uh, for just a few minutes here. I've uh, been honored and blessed to interview so many wonderful authors from all over this nation and many uh, literally from all over the world and um, many, many, many New York Times bestselling authors and uh, uh, fantastic newsmakers. And uh, I now have a new favorite author, my daughter, my firstborn, Fatima Evans, has written her first book, one Nation, and you, um, dear audience, are listening to her very first interview. Uh, now, did I get that right, sweetheart? Is this your first interview, or, or did someone beat me to the punch? This is the first radio interview. Oh, okay. All right. Well, first radio interview. <laughs> yeah, well, so it's more real that way. Oh, okay. Um, well, you know... no editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, 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 you make me so proud. Uh, such a wonderful mother. Uh, a great wife, and you, and and now this book, uh, One Nation. Uh, share with the audience. You know wh where did you? I was shocked when you told me. Um, I, I think this was six, seven, eight months ago that you were writing a book. Okay, and uh, yeah. so share with the audience. You know where you even got the idea to write a book. Oh, okay. 
um, it goes way, way, way back. And Dad, you'll remember this because when Khaled and I were younger, before going to bed, you would always tell us a story. Yeah. The story was like a series that just kind of never ended called Miriam and Mandela, the, the Adventures of Miriam and Mandela. Yeah, I remember. And, um, and, and I promised you I would write and make that a book and a movie, and I never did. So shame on me. But that was actually the first story that I wrote as I got older. Oh, okay. Um, and so I kind of just, you know, wrote a few short stories here and there growing up. But mm-hmm. um, last year, I was in a position where I was just trying to, <laughs> I felt like a statistic because I'm not actually using my degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a justice studies major, but I'm also a writing and rhetoric minor. And originally, that minor was supposed to supplement the major, obviously, um, mm-hmm. to go into law. Yeah, and and, and, and straight of, A's, folks. Okay, proud, proud Papa, they, straight A's. Okay, maybe a B every now and then. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I was just trying to figure out how I ended up where I was, and and how can I move forward to do something that I'm passionate about? And mm-hmm. then my husband, I was talking to my husband about it, and he says, well, you have a, a writing minor, and, you know, you've always wanted to write. And in my mind, I would start writing books once I retired. That was, mm-hmm. like, the, the, the goal. And then he said, well, why wait? Exactly. Well, good for him. Um, why wait? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's a funny story how this particular book came to be. Mm-hmm. We were watching the matrix mm-hmm. and then I had a dream that night. And so this story just kind of came to be after watching the matrix. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you know, and it's, um, it's not only is it sci-fi, but you know, we've been talking uh, a lot lately about, uh, Trump fighting against the, um, the, the, uh, the, the, the one world government types uh, over in Europe that uh, want to take the European Union and replicate that around the world and the former Soviet Union and all these machinations where people want borders to dissolve. Even in our own country, they want the southern border to be dissolved. They want to get rid of the ICE, which is our border enforcement agency. And here you are, you have a book, One Nation, and in the far in the future, this sci-fi book, that has happened. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, in One Nation, in the future, the entire world is ruled under international law. Um, so there's a group in each, what used to be a country, it's no longer called a country, but in each area, they have a group of leaders and every single law is the exact same. Everyone speaks one language. Um, essentially their goal is to get rid of individualism and capitalism. So mm-hmm. they control now, everything. Now, is the language English or Chinese? okay i had to ask okay (laughs) anyway but look i it's folks the the start of the book is is it's good okay it's good and i'm just uh, i'm so really really pleased uh that you're getting uh to not wait until you retire to do these types of things and uh you know, this this really could be a career now. I understand that you not only uh, have completed this first book, but you also have a second book already in the hopper. You want to yes. you want to share? Uh, don't don't give us too many details now, but just uh, a little a little tease about uh, is it the same genre? Yes, um, this is actually going to be a series. 
Oh, okay. Um, so I did a bit of research, and originally I just wanted to make one novel, and mm-hmm. I spoke to someone um, who's a publisher, and they said that with the genre, it would be a lot better to do a series. And I didn't want to make it a lengthy one, so it's just going to be three books, a trilogy, um, and that'll conclude the series. Oh, okay. So it'll start off One Nation, then it'll be One Nation Under, and then the last book will be One Nation Resurrected. Okay, okay. Now, is the resurrection going to be the restoration of freedom? Yes. Okay, my girl. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, tell folks, please, how they can get your book. Okay, you can actually can go to the web page, which is onenationbooks.com. And at the bottom of the page, it gives you every avenue where you can purchase a book. So you can get it, the ebook version, which is available for $8.99 through iBooks. Kindle, uh, Barnes and Noble, Nook, Kobo, um, and then of course, if you prefer, you know, the hard copy, you can get that from Lulu dot com. L U L U. Okay, and now you can search One Nation by Fatima Evans. Okay, now how would people get a signed copy from uh, famous author Fatima Evans? If you would like a signed copy, you can contact me on my Facebook page. Uh, you can look up Team Evans or you can look up One Nation First Edition and just leave a comment. And if you're in the Richmond area, I will make sure that we get a copy to you. We've had a few requests that came in through the Internet. So no, <laughs> that's okay. a good thing. And we'll just we'll meet you face-to-face, and you can get a signed copy. Okay, well, I got mine. Co- my, my copy is signed, folks, but you know I'm the proud papa, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, uh, thank you so much. Uh, and, uh, hey, I am looking forward to having you on again tomorrow morning on my program, the TheReallyRealDeal.com. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us, Fatima. Thank you for having me. All right, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, we are going to take another really, really quick break, and we will be right back. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. Fortuosity, that's my byword. Fortuosity, me a twinkle in the eye word. Sometimes castles fall to the ground. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. And, uh, hey, it has really, really been a fantastic program. We have about 14 more minutes. Uh, We could take probably a couple of phone calls. I would love to talk to someone out there. The number here is 804-454-1366. 1366 and uh we'd love to know what's on your mind okay and um and you know I've been we've been talking a lot about um I guess the program today has been dominated with uh with politics and uh with just a little bit of uh biblical references thrown in to uh you know to sort of shed light on the true depth of some of the issues that we face. And for years, I've been uh, sharing, and I'll just repeat it here uh, for you all here in the last few minutes of today's program, that, uh, you know, there are really only two 
two thoughts or two ideas in, in governance, okay? And one is going to dominate and the other one is going to be secondary. And that is simply, are you the citizen, the voter, the taxpayer, are you primary or are the people in rulership primary? And that's really a decision that you have to make. Another way to phrase that would be, are you free or are you a serf, a slave, a tool? You know, what are you? What is, what is your self-image? Okay. And I'm curious. I, I wonder sometimes for people that are really, really hardcore, rabid uh, Democrats. Okay. Now, I'm not talking about those that uh, personally benefit from the uh, Democrat racket uh, because it's, it's really a criminal organization. I mean, you know, so obviously those people, they're never, ever going to change, okay? So just like you're not going to go to a, a mafia member and convince him to be a Boy Scout. It's just not going to happen. So we have to convince them. We, we have to do that. So for Ma and Pa Democrat, who is a, a rabid, uh, really, really dedicated Democrat, I'm curious, okay, how often do you all really think and examine the core of not what the Democrat Party says they're about because they say with their lips that we're the party of the little guy and the other folks, they're the party of the rich guy. But how many of you have done your own research, for instance, and found out, you know, the billionaires, the, the, the big, well-known billionaires, how many of these guys are Democrats? How many of them are Republicans, okay? Or how many of you have, uh, and you can just Google this. This is all public information, particularly as it relates to congressmen and senators, okay? For example, how many of you know that Virginia Senator Mark Warner is the richest senator in the United States of America, okay? You're talking about a pretty rich club, all right? And this is not a guy that earned it the old-fashioned way, you know, built a, built a successful business and built his empire brick by brick by brick. This is a guy who got rich off of a government hookup, all right? And, you know, minus the government hookup, not only would Mark Warner not be rich, Mark Warner would probably not be a senator. You would probably never have heard of Mark Warner, okay? Minus him having a stint as a, um, he was an aide to uh, then-Senator Chris Dodd up in Connecticut, okay? Got wind of the uh, cell phone industry, which then was a fledgling industry, and uh, somehow finagled uh, getting some uh, licenses free from the federal government. Okay, and he the guy has parlayed that into a, a several hundred million dollar empire. Okay, and so now if someone thinks I'm being unfair to Democrats, I'm, and again, not you, Ma and Pa Democrat, but the Democrat leaders, if I'm being unfair to Democrat billionaires, okay, if I'm being unfair to Democrat senators, you know. Because they say they are the party of the average guy and the Republicans are the party of the rich. If you think that, the number here is 804-454-1366. 804-454-1366. And uh, we have a call on the line. You, you're on live with the hatchet man. What's on your mind? Hatchet man, this is the common sense prophet. <laughs> okay. Common, yes, you, you common remember him? 
Uh, no, I don't remember the Common Sense Prophet, but I'm, I'm glad to hear from you. What's on your mind, Common Sense Prophet? Uh, Common Sense Prophet, uh, you know me from WCLM. You used to be on there. I was on there, too. Oh, okay. And you and I, you and I used to talk several times. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got my start at WCLM 10 years ago. I remember right. that very, very well. Right now, what I'm calling you about now is what can I do to get an application or can I get on, uh, uh, see, can I get on that station? Uh, talk to me after, uh, stay on the line and, and, and just talk to me after, um, off air and, and I'll share that. I'll share that with you. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I said, can you call me? Um, you, you have to get up there, huh? Yeah, give uh, give Mark the number, and and again, it's uh, you know, it's 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 a competitive area now. Th- let's consider this your audition, and let's find out what the audience thinks. It's not what the Hatchet Man thinks. Okay, okay. let's consider okay. this your audition. Okay, well, so okay. in a in a minute, how much time we have to the break, Mark? What uh, we okay? We got a couple of minutes. Okay, why are you the common sense prophet? Why I am. Yes. I'm the common sense prophet because uh, I consider myself predict the future to a degree. And also, I consider myself very knowledgeable. And when I was on WCLM, uh, I had, uh, I don't know whether it was students or what, from BCU called me and told me they were listening. I said, am I making sense? They say, sure, you're making sense. Oh, okay. So I think... Okay. Did you predict Donald Trump would become president? Because, see, I predicted not only that Trump would win, but I predicted the top three. That's a trifecta, okay? Trump, Ted Cruz, and Ben Carson. And I predicted Ben Carson would fade first. Then it would be an epic battle between Trump and Cruz. And that Cruz uh, would—I liked Cruz, but I didn't think he had the onion power that Trump was going to just really take it from him. And that's what what happened. Now, what was your prediction, and do you have any proof? I can prove it by articles that I wrote that are are dated. What was your prediction, and can you prove it? Yeah, I'm going to prove it now. Uh, My prediction was uh, Donald Trump because, number one, uh, the country was not ready for a woman leader. And, and they never had one. And number two, I said Trump was going to win, and he won. Mm-hmm. Now, how and early? Th- in, in the Republican primary, uh, who did you pick? And how early did you pick them? I picked Trump because Trump a lot like me. And I, I even oh, okay. like him now. Wait a minute. I like him now. You know why? Why? It's Trump will no way. Trump said, I'm going to run this thing, and he running it. Regardless <laughs> whether it's right or wrong, he's he running it, okay? Yeah. yeah. Like, a, yeah okay. like a tough New York businessman, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right, now. Hey, hey, hey Greg, you know what we got in common, huh? I do. I do, okay? Now we got... Not only that. Wait a minute, Craig. One more thing. Listen to this. 30 seconds. I don't believe... Real I, quick, 30 seconds. Go. I don't believe no Democrats and no Republicans. They're all the same. Rav Nader ran for president three, four times. He said he need a third party. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All yeah, right. We got a lot to talk about, man. All right. Well, listen, right. I, I'm glad you're out there listening. Check us out tomorrow morning, 10 to noon, and check out my website, thereallyrealdeal.com. The, the really, really what? The really com. And man, you got to go buy my daughter's book, okay? One Nation. Okay. <laughs> what? All right, got to go. Got to go. Okay. Thank you for the All call. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right, 804-454-1366. 804-454-1366. 
Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. Wow, what a program we've had today. And uh, hey, I just want to say thank you to Scott and Richard Lee. Thank you to all the fantastic guests that we've had. Thank you for you all for being out there. Thank you to Mark, who's really on the ball. Uh, Man, I mentioned something. He'll pull it up really, really quick. Thank you to my very special, sweet, smart, and lovely daughter, Fatima, who has written her very first book, One Nation. And thank you in advance to you out there who are going to go out and buy her book. And also, if you happen to visit my website, The Really Real Deal, and catch me tomorrow morning here from 10 to noon in advance, thank you. God bless you. See you tomorrow morning, 10 to noon. Don't everybody thank me at once. Scram! I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.